0: Good morning, everyone. I'm Dimitris Diakopoulos, Managing Partner of the FDMA Law Firm. And I have the honor and the privilege to moderate a panel of prominent world-class economists to discuss the prospects and the outlook of the Greek economy following its recent upgrade of the credit rating to investment grade. Indeed, 14 years after that fateful day when Greece's credit rating was downgraded to below investment grade, to junk. Marking the beginning of the worst financial crisis experienced by our country during peacetime, which has lasted for over eight years another negative record. In September of this year, following the ex- excellent turnaround of the Greek economy, F- uh, Standards and Poor has upgraded our, credit rating, our country's credit rating to investment grade, and it was followed by Fitch. We did so, uh, which did so last week, I think. This is more remarkable as it has happened in a period of poor performance of the global economy, in a backdrop of global instability, high interest rates, persisting high inflation, high energy prices, and bad news all around from the major economies. In such difficult circumstances, Greece, guided by its current leadership, Projects messages of remarkable growth, positivity, and advancement to the world community. And to discuss these interesting developments and what they mean to investors, I will give now the floor to our distinguished panelists. First up will be Filippo Tadei. Filippo is a senior economist at Goldman Sachs in charge of the economic average for Southern Europe. Before joining Goldman Sachs, he was professor of economics at the School of Advanced International Studies at Johns Hopkins University. He has over a decade of experience as a policymaker and senior advisor. From the year 2013 to 2017, he was economic and labor affairs spokesperson of the Italian Prime Minister, where he was one of the main architects of the Italian labor market reform and focused on structural reforms in general. Philip, I think it's fair to say that 2023 has been a mixed year for the euro area and that the Greek economy has clearly outperformed the other eurozone economies. Should we expect that twenty twenty four will be a better year for the euro area economy and is Greece set to outperform its European partners once again? And moreover, can we frame the Greek outlook within the terms of the broader European challenge, or are the two outlooks, Greek and rest of Europe, essentially different?
1: Thank you, Dimitris, and good morning, everyone. Uh, so uh, in order to address uh, your question, uh, what I'd like to do is essentially to compare uh, the outlook of uh, the Greek economy, or actually to frame the outlook of the Greek economy within our overall uh, constructive outlook of uh, Europe. And the bottom line that I'd like to deliver is that from a cyclical point of view, as we know, maybe we think about the main structural challenge of that for the Greek economy looking forward, but from a cyclical point of view, Greece remains, in our view, uh, at the top of the distribution regarding the European cyclical outlook uh, at the top of the, even our constructive overall European outlook. I would like to illustrate that uh, t- by bringing you through uh, a couple of slides. Okay, If you can actually put, the, put them up, I think that would be uh, the best way. So if you think about Europe, or as we think about Europe in 2024, it's essentially a story of... Uh, Two negative factors, two drag on growth, that will still persist, and one a boost. And in flagging these uh, two drugs, monetary drag and fiscal drag, I'd like to show you how different uh, uh, Greece is or how slightly different in you know, a better position Greece is. So number one, what you all know. The massive amount of tightening that we've witnessed since July 2022 has actually fed into the economy, the European economy. And it's actually shaved off over half a percent of European growth until now. We think that will continue. You see the effect of that in the Greece economy, but you see how different these effects are. Across the board, you see, you see these lines. Essentially, from the middle of 22, they start to flatten out. This is credit. Credit didn't, didn't grow anymore. However, if you look at the non-financial corporate sector in Greece, different dynamic there. Uh, there sure, things were not great, but that were better than in the rest of Europe. Certainly the Greek households could not say the same, where you see that actually they have paid the most in terms of credit contraction throughout uh, the hiking cycle. Second drag, fiscal policy is coming off across Europe across the board. It's actually weighing on on growth pretty substantially. It's taking off uh, some, almost a percent of uh, GDP growth across the board. Greece is no exception there. Uh, here, we're just using uh, the uh, government numbers in terms of fiscal reduction. However, what Greece has, differently from others, is that this degree of fiscal c- consolidation is uh, not only consistent <laughs> with the reduction of debt, which is fairly impressive. In our view, uh, Greece, uh, uh, Greek debt to GDP will cut through Italian debt to GDP by 2026, which is, if you think about it, quite, quite a strong statement. But what is more interesting is, if you look at the support as a share of GDP coming from European program, Greece is definitely at the forefront. Now, there I, I do a little bit of a simplification, and uh, the speaker that will follow uh, can be more precise. So we kind of make it even We support across the next years. But you know, it's 3% of GDP only coming from the recovery fund Focus on capital expenditure is an impressive amount. It's an, um, I'm tempted to say it's an unprecedented amount of fiscal support. You see, all Southern Europe benefits from it, no. but no other country in Southern Europe benefits as much as Greece. Finally, what is the boost? I mean, these two are, are drags, right? You know, by and large, fiscal and monetary are taking off uh, growth. But what is the boost? What is the support? Well, real income is picking up. You see inflation is coming off across Europe. Greece is no difference. Sure, the November data may be a bit more uh, strong for inflation in Greece, you know, 3% is the inflation. For Greece, we, get, we will get the final number for the Euro area next week. By and large, Greece can have a little bit more inflation, but nothing really noticeable. If you really look at the important driver, which is the growth in real disposable income, you know, on the left you get Europe, on the right you get uh, Greece. You see that essentially wage growth in Greece is coming down and is realigning itself with the rest of the euro area. So, similar inflation, wage growth in line with the rest of the euro area means one thing only, that real disposable income in Greece will keep on growing next year, supporting growth, and will be a supporting factor for Greece as as it is for the rest of the euro area. Now, does this mean uh, that everything is done and the mission is accomplished? Well, you know, the ECB might help. We've actually uh, pulled forward the first uh, cut by the ECB to next April, which means that it will be a considerable amount of rate cuts from April to the end of 2024. In our view, we're talking about uh, two cuts per quarter, so 150 basis points of credit relief to come uh, by the ECB. And, you know, if you put everything together, the amount of fiscal support, the ECB possibly helping at the margin, uh, we, this is possibly a unique time to address uh, what still remains as the main structural issue as we look at Greece and that issue is the sizable investment gap that opened essentially through the, between the global financial crisis and the sovereign debt crisis and never quite closed. And if we look forward, that is possibly the most important uh, challenge, but, but in better times for
0: the Greek economy. I'll stop there. I think I've taken already longer than I should. Thank you, Filippo now we have Michael Argirou, who is a professor of economics at the University of Piraeus, and is serving as chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors to the Greek Ministry of Finance. Michael is also Greece's representative at the Eurogroup Working Group and at the Economic and Financial Committee of the European Union. <coughs> Michael, will you give us your assessment of the current state of play of the Greek economy and its future pro- prospects as they're being shaped by Greece's economic record over the last four years? but also in view of the present global economic outlook, which, as we all know, presents certain st- challenges.
2: Thank you very much, Dimitris, and many thanks. Uh, it's a pleasure and an honor to be here. So, thanks to Nicolas, thanks to Olga for the invitation. Indeed, the, and as Filippo uh, explained, the international environment is not ideal. Uh, we all know uh, the kind of shocks, uh, large and unprecedented, that we have gone through over the last three years. Nevertheless. Despite these very challenging circumstances, uh, the record of Greece uh, since 2019 has been very positive. Uh, So, especially after the end of the pandemic emergency in 2020, uh, Greece uh, has shown remarkable macroeconomic resilience and progress. To start with the growth rate, Greece has been outperforming the European average over the last three years. Unemployment, which was a very significant economic and social problem, has now gone down to its lowest level for more than a decade. In fact, more than uh, 14 years. It is uh, below 10%. Inflation remains a challenge, but but as uh, Filippo said, it is coming down at the same rate as the European average. Uh, Public finances are clearly on a very positive trajectory. Greece went back to primary surpluses one year earlier than anticipated. And it has recorded a very significant reduction in the debt-to-GDP ratio over the last three years. Uh, Basically, the reduction was a record reduction for the eurozone from 206% in 2020. It is approximately going to be 160% by the end of this year. Uh, The banking system is doing well. Uh, There has been a significant improvement in the balance sheets of the banking sector, a very significant reduction in non-performing loans, a return to profitability. Uh, and therefore an improvement in uh, capital adequacy ratios. Now, all these things are happening, while at the same time Greece is moving to a new, more sustainable, and uh, more, uh, I would say, robust growth model. Uh, Growth in Greece over the last years is strongly uh, led by investment. Of course, the investment gap, as Filippo said, is there, but 2022 was the first year... Uh, when Greece had uh, uh, addition to its capital stock, so from 10% of GDP back in 2019, investment is now up to 14%, and in 2023 this may increase further. There has been a very big increase in the extroversion of the Greek economy. Uh, In terms of GDP now, Greece exports more goods and services than peer countries like France, Italy, or Spain. From 20% back in 29, our exports have now reached approximately 50%, which is a very significant change in the supply side of the Greek economy. And, of course, this uh, progress has been recognized by markets. Uh, We have had the very positive development of regaining the investment grade, and also uh, Greece is the only country which over the last 12 months, at a period when inflation has been rising across uh, Europe, and the Western world, Greece is the only eurozone country whose government bond yield is lower than a year ago, which is a very significant improvement. So there is a vote of confidence uh, there. Now I will close by sending the following message to investors. Greece presents some unique advantages, I would say, as an investment destination. The first is that it is on a good momentum, which is cyclical. It is also, of course, a, a structural transformation taking place. And the following unique advantages exist. First, Greece having the investment gap presents an opportunity. It is one of those countries which I would uh, compare with Central and Eastern European countries back in the 2000s. Low investment uh, stock, relatively low investment capital, capital stock, which means high expected profitability. At the same time, however, although Greece has the growth prospects of an emerging economy, it has the predictability of a Eurozone and European Union member state. So you have the credibility of the ECB monetary policy, and at the same time, you have, of course, access to the world's biggest single market. Political risk has been eliminated, I would say, or minimized following the result of the 2023 election. So the country is run by a growth-friendly, business-friendly administration. And at the same time, Greece will have, over the next few years, a significant amount, a record amount of inflows from European funds, in fact, together, if you put the new cohesion funds and the RRF funds, the recovery and resilience funds, uh, Greece will receive, in terms of GDP inflows, which are double the inflows it received during the Marshall Plan. So all these things, together with a very, very close alignment, geopolitical alignment of Greece with friends like the United States and uh, the West, makes Greece a very unique opportunity. And I would say that uh, investors who are here with us have a lot to gain by investing in the Greek emerging success story. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Michael. Now, Themos Fiotakis, who is the the global head of foreign exchange strategy and emerging markets at Barclays, and over 20 years he has held leading positions in strategy divisions in major international banks, including Goldman Sachs and UBS. In his research, Themos has made a very interesting argument that Greece is not a typical economy that goes through seven or eight year regular cycles like the US or the rest of Europe. It has gone through historic mega cycles of boom and bust. And according to his research, Greece stands at the moment ahead of its, head, of its third economic mega cycle of growth and expansion. Themis, would you like to elaborate on these issues?
3: Thank you very much. Thank you very much for the introduction. Thank you very much to the uh, organizers of the conference. For giving me the chance to speak again, and thank you to all the esteemed guests we're having an opportunity to meet again. Uh, this is the third or fourth uh, Capital Link conference over the last 20 years, and the tone definitely has been very different throughout the different points of the saga of the Greek crisis. And, you know, beyond what the projections for the next year, which are my two esteemed colleagues, have very, very rightly presented, which I agree with. There's a bigger overarching question among most investors, and this is, can we trust the, Euro, the Greek economy to deliver returns for the, next, for, for the depth of time, for five, ten years, uh, or are we going to see uh, economic dismay uh, as it sort of like so often has happened in history? Don't forget that even ten years ago, uh, historical arguments about how many times Greece's credibility has come in question were presented. To that, I would make the point that Greece is not the typical economy. It doesn't go through seven year cycles, recessions, expansions. Greece has had two enormous boom and bust cycles in its history. Uh, to those who have studied uh, the Greek economic history, by the late 40s, Greece was devastated. You're talking about no infrastructure, people struggling with sanitation problems, feeding problems. Uh, you know, uh, very, very basic uh, ways of living after a great humongous civil war. By, for a number of reasons, by the late 70s, Greece had performed growth rates, you know, not seen anywhere else in the world, perhaps except of Korea, for a number of economic policies. Then, with the big oil crises and the premature entry to the EU around the late 70s and the early 80s, Uh, Greece went through a multi-year stagnation period only to give way to an an extraordinary expansion as Greece was entering the EMU that brought Greece to the peaks right after the Olympics. And then all of that brought together a number of imbalances which manifested very rapidly in the Greek financial crisis that saw Greece's domestic demand shrink by almost 30%, something which we haven't seen even in the great financial crisis of the United States. Um, I would say as you look ahead, I'm not going to bother you with history, as you look ahead, Greece stands in front of its third economic megacycle. As with the past, global and local conditions are leading to that. The first big condition, obviously, is the starting point. Greece is starting from having basically shrank relative to European peers by an enormous amount. It's playing catch-up because of investment gaps, because of structural funds. You've heard the story. You don't need me to elaborate. The second thing which is underestimated is that globally, the shares of tradable services are increasing. Services are starting to be increasingly tradable globally, whether it's tourism, whether it's IT, whether it's legal services, transportation, etc., Greece has a very service-oriented economy. And it's actually very much geared to benefit by the globalization of the trade in services. We are experiencing that mostly with tourism, but there's a number of other sectors that are booming on the back of that, and you're seeing that reflected in exports as well. The third factor is linked to Europe. Greece is ultimately linked to European politics. The last 10 years have been years where Germany and France were growing mainly on the back of exports and the rest of Europe was actually stagnating. For a number of reasons, the years ahead will see Germany stagnate. It's facing an enormous challenge to its exports model, both in terms of economies that it's exporting to, but also in terms of cost base. As the core stagnates, it will be very reticent to impose fiscal tightness or monetary tightness to the periphery. And historically, when that has happened, fiscal and monetary conditions, as was discussed earlier, tend to be looser than what Greece would on average require given its growth rate. So loose fiscal and monetary conditions uh, relative to the past. And of course, something which needs not to be underestimated, the past structural reforms. Um, the simplest example I need to give you is the, 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 the privatization of airports. You're seeing people reach parts of Greece which in the past we're not able to reach. There's a number of other reforms from labor markets that are more important, but this is more visible, easier to catch. Now, um, what can actually guarantee that growth rate ahead? Uh, or actually, what are the issues that can derail it? I think, for me, the biggest questions have to do with the execution of the message that the government has sent. It's pretty clear that the government has received an enormous mandate in the last election cycle, a mandate for reform, a mandate for progress, a mandate for, as my my, my, uh, dear friends from the economic advisory have called it, convergence to the EU, reconvergence to the EU. I think there are good plans, but there's execution risk. One of the execution risks is the judicial. There's a number of funds that I speak to who have a real issue with the speed of, at which justice is being delivered. That's important for bankruptcies, that's important for restructurings, etc. The other big uh, problem is education. As the Minister of Education has said, this, the kind of rigidities that we have in our universities are not even seen in North Korea. Uh, and um, obviously, one last bit is prices, and don't underestimate that. Soon enough, there will be parts of Greece that will be costing more than London. And that, to the Greek wallet, will be exceptionally out of reach. So we have already started seeing discontent politically over the, the last summer about these disparities. <clears throat> that rising gap in inequality will be more and more manifest in the years ahead. But you know, that's why the people have elected the government they have elected, to deliver on that. And to that they are accountable, I would say. And now since
0: the key point of the subject matter of our discussion has been the upgrade of Greece's credit rating by Standard & Poor's, the time has come for us to hear from the proverbial horse's mouth and more specifically from the mouth of Roberto Sifona Revalo who is the managing director and global head of sovereign and multilateral lending institutions ratings at Standard & Poor's Global. Roberto, I think it's fair to say that we have seen a great improvement on Greece's economic performance since the debt crisis of the years 2009 to 2016 what in your view are the key lessons learned by greece that allowed it to regain its investment grade and how does greece compare now vis-a-vis some of its peers in southern europe do you agree with the views of filipo
4: well, thank you um, and thankfully I, I do love horses so i don't <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, thank you for the invitation. Thank you for the organizers to, to have us here. And yes, as you did say, um, we um, we did upgrade uh, Greece uh, back in October. Uh, but the the, the one uh, f- the first comment I, I want to make on that is sometimes people and we all tend to in many ways look at the world in a very binary way and. Yes, this is probably a very important step to go from from non-investment to investment grade, but it is an upgrade after several upgrades we did uh, as a consequence of many of the facts that uh, my my colleagues here explained before. But I would say, or I would like mostly to highlight the strong commitment to fiscal consolidation, which you don't see a lot out there. I mean, we've seen uh, our group covers 137 sovereigns around the world and many of them have gone through crisis um, equal or worse than, than Greece and not that many have been able to, to achieve the fiscal consolidation levels that we have seen in Greece. As a matter of fact, most sovereigns do not come out of default and then come into investment grade in the period of time that, that Greece did it. So I think those things sometimes get a little bit overlooked, um, but I think they're, they're very important, especially when you think about uh, some of the other factors that, that were mentioned before about what can you expect going forward. Um, I think, as I, I just want to highlight be, beyond um, the fiscal part, uh, this came hand-in-hand hand with a wide range of reforms. Some of them were mentioned before. I also want to highlight the pension reform, which, is, which also it has been quite important. And, uh, and I think it's going to be important going forward because one of the key risks we see beyond um, some others I'll discuss later, it is the fact that, like in the rest of Europe, you do have an aging population that will have an impact on economic growth potential going forward. So I think a lot of, a lot of the work around that is important. Um, I think we still, if you think about where uh, Greece is today, rated at triple B minus versus the rest of Southern Europe, you have... Portugal and Italy close to that. I think the one factor um, that uh, that differentiates Greece's current momentum versus the others is growth levels. You know, all of these are uh, service-oriented industries, but growth levels, uh, they're slightly higher in Greece, which I think is it's quite positive. However, of course, uh, this 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 is a little bit o- overset by significantly higher stock of debt. I mean, we heard a lot about how that stock of debt came down, but 160% of uh, debt-to-GDP is one of the largest in the world. Um, to offset that, uh, and I think uh, I cannot highlight enough, I think what Michael mentioned about being part of the EU, uh, having the ECB, uh, it allows Greece to have an interest burden, which is extremely manageable at, you know, mid-single digits, and that's um, that is something that I think it has to be um, really at the top of, of, of the analysis because it's not just how much money, uh, how much debt do you have, but can you afford that debt? There are countries that have a third of that debt and, and, and it's extremely unaffordable with double-digit interest uh, levels. And I think that, um, I think, bodes well and it's it's a very um, important pillar to, to really look at some of the strength uh, on the system.
2: Um,
4: I think going forward, uh, again, this is the first step into investment grade, and hopefully the first of many positive ones to come. I usually like to go to those meetings, not to the other ones. Um, the, um, I, I think maintaining fiscal uh, momentum is important uh, because, as I said, uh, while debt to GDP came down a lot, still super high, and, and it's going to be needed to, to, um, to, con- to keep on giving the, um, you know, the signals that you want to give the private sector in order to, to continue to invest in Greece. Um, because there is a one factor that comes with all this positive momentum on the private side, which is in the case of Greece, it does come with a big uh, external uh, deficit. Uh, that, that is a result of all the imports that had to be made in order to sustain some of the investments that were being discussed before. Um, we definitely see the, 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 uh, the, the right, at least the right approach and the right message from the government coming on the size of the fiscal momentum, and that's a real good reason why we actually went over uh, into investment grade. Um, while I, I did say it's one more upgrade after many upgrades, I can tell you that we usually do not go over that, that threshold uh, lightly, right? When we go over that threshold, it's a threshold we don't want to come back, uh, back from. So we do see a, a fair amount of good signals that, that give us confidence that uh, hopefully the next movements are on the same direction.
0: Thank you, Roberto. Filippo, you have strongly emphasized in your speech. How crucial is closing the investment gap that uh, Europe has been experiencing vis-à-vis the U.S. in the last decade? Can you compare Greece's approach with the approach of the other European countries that might benefit to a similar extent from the European support like the Recovery Fund? Thank you, Demetrius. I see we're out of time, so I would, I would uh,
1: uh, turn that question into a question for, 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 for Michael, because I think uh, it's more interesting to hear from him. So the. Um, on average, uh, uh, European governments spend uh, between 3 3.5 percent of GDP annually in public investment. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you've heard, uh, you've seen my number. You've heard uh, uh, Michael about it. Uh, I mean, it's a massive increase of the amount of uh, public in- investment what uh, Greece will face forward. So, I think, to me, or at least in my clients' conversation, what is, uh, comes always off is, okay, fine, it's a lot of resources. Can that be implemented and how does what's 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 the niche? What's the angle that uh, Greece has on top of that? So I'll turn that question to Michael, actually,
0: more than answering it. Please go ahead, Michael. And can you tell us what are the sectors that drive uh, the developments that you discussed in your presentation and what can Greece uh, do to achieve further progress on these fronts? Sure.
2: <clears throat> Is it on? Okay. Right. Uh, yes. Uh, Greece has a a big investment gap and uh, it has certain advantages which would drive, I believe, private investment uh, on its own up. Of course, the presence of the RRF and the presence of uh, other European funds uh, give us an extra boost. Uh, There are two major components in our RRF. First, we have the so-called loan facility of the RRF. Basically, this is money which we borrow from the European Union in order to reborrow on land, if you like, to private enterprises. And this is a very successful uh, instrument. It is experiencing very high demand. And uh, from that point of view, you can be assured, as things stand, actually, we ran out of money earlier than we thought, and we brought forward further installments of this loan facility. So the private sector investment, uh, the money which has been allocated to the private uh, sector uh, through the RRF, is uh, very well absorbed already. Now, for the grants component, uh, I think that it is indeed a big challenge to absorb these <coughs> amounts of money. Uh, institutionally, we have made the necessary steps to put in place the infrastructure needed. Uh, we are, I would say, among the front runners in implementing our grants component of the RRF compared to other European peers. I acknowledge that this is <coughs> Uh, A challenge. Nevertheless, our record in absorbing European funds historically has been good and the same, I hope, and I believe will happen now. Now, regarding the sectors that have been driving uh, the Greek growth, it is quite interesting and quite positive that we see increasing diversification uh, among uh, the Greek production uh, basis, uh, the supply side. So, a lot of people believe that Greece, for example, exports tourism and uh, shipping uh, services, which is true. But uh, now we have diversified our economy to the goods uh, sector as well. So we are uh, exporting a lot of pharmaceuticals. We are exporting a lot of mechanical equipment. We are exporting a lot of electrical equipment. We are exporting increasingly more services as FOTIS mentioned. And also you see, and that is also very pleasing, uh, an exponential increase, admittedly from a low base, but the trajectory is very positive, of uh, goods which are classified as high-tech goods. And we have some very good people in uh, software. We have some very good in IT. So uh, the main message is that Greece not only increases its output and its exports, but its exports are becoming more diversified across goods and services. And within goods, you have more and more high-value-added activity. And last, I would say that this trajectory will uh, be strengthened uh, when, uh, and thus we are currently now address some of the obstacles that you mentioned for, uh, for this, like the judiciary. And uh, another thing which is uh, quite uh, important is that as the macroeconomic stabilization has now taken place, although I don't downplay the external sector, the trade deficit, uh, now we need to put emphasis on the micro side. It is there where I think the Greek economy will gain extra productivity and extra value added. We need to sort out the micro level now. And that I think we can do through a lot of things like foreign direct investment and the like.
0: Thank you. Thank you.